Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us again. This week, we're going to keep it short. It shouldn't be too long of an episode this week. Uh, I know everyone's got holidays, and honestly, myself included, podcasting isn't really top priority. Uh, I'm, I haven't been listening to my, my regular ones, and I don't really expect many others to be doing the same. So if this finds you after the holidays, I hope they were great. If it finds you during, thanks for keeping up to date. Uh, we're not really going to cover too much of a specific theme today. We're, we're basically just going to do a year-end wrap. Uh, this week we'll do a, a year-end wrap-up, and uh, next week we will do a where do we go from here. Uh, there's not a lot of news, which is, honestly, I'm, I'm getting to be happy when uh, I get to say that there's not much of a news day. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of news. Everyone's been floating more restrictions, and everyone's with bated breath waiting for the next lockdowns. Uh, they haven't happened yet. I, I don't know if they will be coming. Uh, I'm certainly waiting with bated breath, but uh, I don't want to get too negative. I, I'm Maybe they won't. Uh, it certainly seems like it could flip anyway. But before we really get into the weight of what 2021 has meant globally and for Canada, uh, before I get into that beast, let's get into it. 2021. Uh, I know, at least for me, it will go down as one of the darkest years in Canadian history. Uh, 2020, we were kind of just getting through it. We uh, didn't really know what was going on at the start, and uh, we really were just getting our, our bearings throughout 2020, but 2021 is where it really sank in for, for at least my perspective. You saw pastors getting arrested. You saw jobs be deemed non-essential. You saw people fired for not taking vaccines. You saw students arrested for being on campus. We have, it's been a dark year. It feels like it's been a lot more than a year. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been one year. I, I, I'm at a loss. I'm, I'm struggling to, to grasp the fact that we are effectively living in an authoritarian state. Uh, it might not feel it. It might not. You might not see it every day. Uh, and, and for me, I think that's the worst kind of authoritarian state is one that doesn't constantly remind you. Uh, certainly, one that constantly reminds you. I, I think back to Russia or Nazi Germany. You, you've got the worst authoritarian states, North Korea. Sure, it's drastically more oppressive, but it's not subversive. It's 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 in your face. You know what it is, and and you get to see the cards the dealer has. Uh, it's it's like a heads up game of poker. Whereas we're dealing in a state right now that the cards aren't on the table. You don't know what the dealer's hand is or or what their strategy is. And for me, just looking at how society navigates and the the unaware, the, the people that haven't quite drawn the connections between historical significance, the ones that don't see it, this kind of authoritarian system, it's, it's worse in my mind because it's not as in your face. It's not as easy for people to see. And because it's not as easy for people to see, you have less people that are kind of seeing it and, and pushing back. Because ultimately, every authoritarian regime falls, whether it's six months or six decades. They all eventually fall. They will they, they're not sustainable. 
uh, long term. And that's why we've had conversations on this show before where I, we might be the generation that suffers. Hard times create hard men. Hard men create good times. And good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. It's, it's a pattern, and we all know it. Uh, unfortunately, we might be in the hard times create hard men phase, and at least my, gen- I'm, I'm, my generation may not see the other side of that. We might not see the green fields beyond. Or we may be overblowing this, and in the next year, we may bring it all back down to normal. Uh, we may achieve the end of this quote-unquote new normal. Certainly, I'm again with bated breath on that but it is certainly a possibility uh nothing's off the table at this point but yeah we've got uh, we're heading in to to january 2022 um what's it where are we right now uh we're they soft restricted further uh that's quickly blowing up in their face uh i firmly believe uh, you have New Brunswick, who tried to put in passports for grocery stores, uh, only for them to be inundated with hate mail. And uh, I, calling that hate mail is almost a disservice. It's not hateful to, to advocate against segregation. Uh, that's not hate. Uh, I think motivated by hate would be the policies that excluded a giant portion of society um, with malice. But nonetheless, that, that health minister in New Brunswick received a ton of correspondence um, from genuinely concerned citizens and activists, and rightfully so. Uh, she deserved every piece of it and then some. Uh, if anyone wants to drop a flaming bag on her doorstep, I, uh, I do not object. I think that it's been earned. She's, she's actively been a terrible person, at least in that regard. I'm sure she's a sweet little lady outside of that role, but when you're responsible for making such decisions and you go along with it, you, you cross the line. And uh, I'm sorry, Dolores, but uh, no, nope, I can't. I can't abide. I don't care how good your cookies are. I don't care if you make butter tarts, even though they are amazing. Uh, y- you just crossed the line, and we're gonna have to deal with it. So New Brunswick, they backed up. They uh, they removed the ability for grocery stores to impose passports which is great quebec i think pushed for a further lockdown uh they're in some form of a middle ground hard lockdown ontario has not done that yet they've reduced capacity on concerts and certain venues to 50 percent regardless if you've got the passports uh i will chalk that up to i think it's stupid i think it the science doesn't support it but in the face of the fear hype that they've put around Decepticon, uh, they've you got to do something. Uh, and Dougie Ford has clearly shown that he's not going to fall on any swords. So I guess we can be happy that he didn't come down with an iron fist. And he kind of virtue signaled, did as little as he possibly could. Now that all said, it, it comes with bated breath that we wonder when the other shoe will drop. That being said, we had Ontario's Dr. Moore came out last week. Uh, he said that he not said he he acknowledged the fact that the current hospitalization rate with the Decepticon variant is 0.1% hospitalization, which yes, if you have a rapid spread, it's still going to add up to some numbers, but it's it's significantly less than influenza A or B. So we went from something that was a little worse than influenza 
protect your vulnerable, as always. But it was a rough flu with a, a slightly elevated death toll. And now we have downgraded to something analogous to the, the common cold, which is a good thing. This isn't, I'm not trying to be quote-unquote anti-science or anti-science religion, but it's a good thing when something gets less deadly on a society basis, especially when it imparts a decent amount of immunity upon whoever beats it. But Dr. Moore came out and said he's 0.1% hospitalization rate with this current wave, which is the best news we've had since all of this broke. Uh, so the narrative is slowly falling apart because with that kind of rates, it's getting harder and harder to justify the measures they're doing. And it's not just critical people like me. It's not just conspiracy-minded. It's not just liberty-minded. There's normal people that bridge the aisles that are, are seeing this for what it is now. I've even had family... Don't get me wrong, I've still got some family that literally will not come out for Christmas. Uh, they don't feel comfortable. That's fine. They can choose to damage any relationships they see fit. It's a trade-off. You're trading your relationships with for safety. That's cool. I fully respect your ability to make that choice. But there are other family members I've got who, for the longest time, were not able to see people. They terrified, irrationally terrified... But even they're coming around, okay, well, I got three, I think I'm good. I, I think I'm good, I got my three doses. I'm, I'm just good. I'll come around. You do you, I'll do me. Which is good. Because honestly, that, out of all of this, this has been my hardest thing to kind of grapple with mentally, is the most terrified and most manipulated people that are caught up in all this, uh, how do you get them back to normal? Like Even if this takes another five years, which, Lord willing, it won't, but even if it takes five more years, no matter how long it takes, how do you get these people back to, to middle ground and back to normal society? How do you get coexistence to happen again? So it's, it's nice to see, at least in my circles, it's, it's slowly happening. People are being pushed beyond their, their reasonable limits, especially when they're talking three, four doses. Uh, you're gonna, people, are, people are done. It's like, okay, I, that's my line. Uh, this was my line. I had my line long ago. Other people, it's it's approaching. Other people, they've just crossed it. But slowly, the numbers are, are okay. We're done. I don't care what any of it says. I'm just done. I have fatigue. I've done what I can. It's clearly not working. Whatever. But people are starting to come back to middle. At least in my circle, I see it happening on a, on a larger scale myself. And. It seems like the government really is overplaying their hand. Uh, this might be the folly of all of it. Uh, had they just played it a little more slowly, they probably could have kept creeping along. I think they've overplayed it, especially with the fact that the news now says we're getting info from other places. This isn't really that bad. Uh, even places like Australia, and it, it hurts me to say, but even places like Australia, who f seemingly were one of the worst, they still are building internment camps, but uh, their Prime Minister, Daniel Andrews, I believe it is, uh, their Prime Minister came out last week and basically said, look, we got to learn to live with it. Uh, we're not going to shame people if they chose not to get the vaccine. If they did, good. We, good job. If not, we c they've made their choices. We can't, we can't keep forcing this. Japan came out and said, look, we're not going to discriminate against unvaccinated people. It's their choice. Uh, at this point, we're talking personal level of protection and... That's a personal choice, not a community choice. 
It, it offers no protection in the community setting at this point. It's a personal thing. We're not going to discriminate. Even in England, it's the trappings are on the wall there where it's kind of falling apart. And again, it's, I think they just overplayed their hand. Every, society as on a whole, in, in many societies, are just kind of done with it. Uh, and certainly I'm tired of beating this dead horse. Uh, I'd like to be able to take my kids to skating. That would be awesome, being a Canadian, taking my kids skating. Uh, however, I'm still moving forward as if I'm going to be living in an authoritarian state for some time. And in that, I'm preparing to, to live outside of the system. And I don't mean that as, I'm not quitting my job, I'm not, I'm doing what I can. But for things that I can't do, I'm, I'm just simply building systems outside of the existing systems. We're, we're getting a skating rink put together. We're going to reach out with other families and we're going to do a house league group. We're going to do a community rink style, style thing and we'll just do that. Uh, going into summer, if they decide to mandate for kids... I don't think they will. I think that's an overplay again. But if they decide to mandate for kids, we'll just do soccer ourselves. But I'm hoping we don't get to that point. I'm hoping come spring, enough people to say, okay, we're done. You're done. You're stupid. And we don't trust you anymore. Because trust me, nobody should be trusting anyone that hasn't shown they deserve it. Uh, and I, I don't even mean that as a default. They've lost your trust. At this point, if the government doesn't show you in good faith a reason to trust them, you shouldn't be trusting them. Uh, just last week it came out, Watchdog Group caught uh, Justin Trudeau. 33 million Canadians had their location data spied on over the pandemic. Again, it's not a shock. Anyone who downloaded that stupid tracking app, you knew it wasn't just for proximity. They, they put this app out there. So if you came into close contact with another phone, they said, oh, it would use Bluetooth. And if it tagged another Bluetooth that ended up passing positive, it would go back and say, hey, this device was close. No, they tracked your actual GPS, and it wasn't just for, for case identification. They didn't encrypt it the way they said it would. And anyone who looked at that app, you smelled it from a mile away. It, it was like driving through the fish district. Like, you, you just know what's around. You know what it is. So it doesn't, doesn't come as a shock, and anyone that's close to me didn't download it because the obvious security risks, especially when the government says, oh, it's, it's safe and you can trust us. They have a storied history of not being that way. Um, so at this point, you would have a better track record if you literally did the opposite of whatever the government said. Truly. Uh, when we didn't know what we were dealing with, the government said you didn't need masks. And then now we know that masks don't work, the government says you need them. Uh, they said vaccines were the only way out of this. And now that we've gotten 80 plus percent, they're not doing that. They're not getting us out of this. Uh, so yeah, guys, just don't trust your government. If there's any takeaway from 2021, just don't trust your government. And I don't mean you have to be some like cynical old man in a cabin isolated no no just don't trust them and use your own discernment find things out for yourself and, and use your own judgment uh don't trust another person to to cut the shit for you make your own informed decisions and part of that is the job of becoming informed uh rather than spoon-fed i think that's a, a bane on our society is so many people are just spoon-fed and I think that comes from partly from social media is everything's so much at your fingertips that we've gotten to a point where you won't actually work for information. If it's not the first five hits on Google, 
it, it certainly doesn't matter, does it? Uh, and, and yeah, just stop being a spoon fed Start being a little more critical. And we can all find our true positions. Because, truthfully, if, if you just consume mainstream media, you consume the top five results in Google, you're not informed. You will have an opinion based on what you've been given, but you're only getting the part of the story that you can get. You have to have... And again, at the end of the day, I don't care if you line up with me or not. I've got friends that are, are vegan leftists. We're still friends. We disagree on some policies. We agree on some other policies. But I have a mutual amount of respect because you're informed. You came to a different conclusion. That's cool. But you put the work in. You're, you're, not, you're not absolutely ignorant. You're, you're, you landed differently than I did. But that's okay because you, you put the work in. And like leaving 2021, I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways is put the damn work in and, and come to your own conclusions. That's cool. But, but you gotta, you gotta get informed and trust me, CBC and Facebook is not keeping you informed. So 2021, what else? We had, we had a federal election that ended up getting us nowhere. Uh, I don't see that changing. Uh, there's a lot of people say that conservatives will trigger another election. I don't see it. Uh, I don't know if I'd want it at this point. So many people have voted horribly in the last one that I don't see a lot socially changing. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't buy the talk that conservatives are going to have a call. Uh, I think the better push at this point would be to have a leadership race with the conservatives. Also don't see that happening. So for the next three and a half years, politically, I think we're going to be, federally at least, we're going to be status quo. And that kind of sucks. Um, luckily, Justin doesn't really have any total power. They're running a minority. They don't have a lot of bipartisan support on major stuff. So he's going to try and do crazy dictator-ish things uh, just because his affinity of dictators the guy likes him, and he, he doesn't make any qualms about it. He's, he's as much as said so literally. So I don't, I don't see a vast amount of large-scale danger federally. Uh, we've kind of got a lame duck leadership in the sense that they can't really get anything done. That dog don't hunt. Uh, as far as provincially, here in Ontario, uh, we're going to have a nasty election. Uh, I'm in the works now with trying to get a couple people from various parties to join us. Uh, I believe New Blue. Uh, we're, we're trying to set that up, and it's just a matter of timing for us now. I might reach out to Randy Hillier. Uh, can't guarantee that. I don't know where things sit with him. Uh, and then it turns out Derek Sloan is running another Ontario party. So you've got, effectively, Liberals, NDP, Conservatives, and then three offshoot freedom parties, quote-unquote, that are more libertarian, socially conservative styling. And it's, it means I'm going to have to re-record the vote split episode I did for the federal and completely turn it on its head for the provincial. Because uh, everything I said for that, though it was absolutely applicable for the federal, it is completely opposite for the provincial. We've got now three parties that are going to be splitting the only contentious vote. Uh, it's not a good look, folks. It's uh, it's gonna suck, and uh, I'm not hopeful. Uh, it's a bad time when I have to sit there and say pragmatically. I think the best option is to get a couple solid 
third-party votes in the House. We absolutely need it. I hope Belinda wins her seat. I hope uh, I hope if Randy's going to show up and do his thing, I hope he wins. All the power to him. And I hope Derek Sloan, I hope he can get a seat. Because we need, we regardless what you think of the people, we need people who've got the guts to stand up against the establishment and we need them in a seat where they can't be ignored. So yes, we absolutely need these people to win seats. As, as hopeful and optimistic as I am, we can be pragmatic too. I, I'm a realist. Uh, even New Blue, probably the best shot, not going to dethrone Doug Ford first ever election. I hope to not upset anyone that's on that team. I truly wish them the best. Uh, Randy Hillier, same deal. Derek Sloan. Honestly, Derek Sloan is kind of floundering politically. Uh, he'll be lucky if he even wins his own seat in an Ontario party. Uh, he's made a lot of bad political plays lately. I think the guy is a solid guy. I think his values are rock solid. Whoever's advising him, he's got to cut them loose. He, he's made a lot of missteps in the last month, last year. But either way, I, I can see plus and minuses for all three of the, the new parties. But pragmatically speaking, none of them are going to win leadership. So the best we can hope for is we can capture seats, keep, keep voices in the house. Uh, and then I'm, I'm at a point where I, I, pragmatically speaking, I have to hope for Doug Ford to win, which sickens me. Because he has been an abject failure. The guy has gutless. I don't think he's actually malicious. I don't think he's pushing all of this crap. But he won't stand up to anyone who is. There's people within his system that are pushing a narrative, and he won't stand up against it. He as much as said so in the one press conference, anyone who does, it'd be political suicide. Okay. So so, so take this... Hurry, curry. Like, fall on your sword, and die with honor, and know you went down fighting the good fight not be some weak feeble person who went along but you, you yeah you you stayed alive you stayed in power but but at what cost because it's costing everyone everything it's costing small businesses literally small business owners some of them their lives uh, opioid crisis is out of control mental health is out of control so you've got doug ford who won't stand up to, to help any of these people that are really struggling because it would be political I'm just, I'm really heated about this. I hate to sit here and say, yeah, Doug Ford's the best option. But unfortunately, from a practical standpoint, unless a miracle can happen and we can get a third party to take it all, um, it's not going to happen. So the best thing you can hope for is Doug, because if you don't get Doug, you get a liberal. And look at what Kathleen Wynne did. Like, billions of dollars just missing. And and pushing the pr- the the narrative of Justin Trudeau and and whatever he says goes and in today's time what that means specifically it means anyone who does sport shooting with handguns or wants any aggressive looking rifle you're in trouble because the liberals are coming for the guns whether we like it or not uh Trudeau's as much as said so by allowing the provinces to choose their own laws taking it away from the federal control uh, under a conservative government, you're not going to see handguns banned. It's just not going to happen. But a liberal, yeah, they're going to ban handguns. Uh, and for me, that that's a hot button issue because I'm I'm I want to get my handgun license. I want to target shoot. I want to I want to go to the range and get my membership. 
But I can't justify doing any of that until we find out where that's going to land provincially. Because if I'm paying to go through the course, I get my handgun, only to find out in eight months it's going to be illegal and I've got to do a government buyback. So, yeah, it's not a good look for the province. I, I'm That's going to have to be a whole deep dive episode, just breaking down all of that. And, yeah, I, not a lot of hope on that front. Out west, though... A complete opposite dichotomy. Out west, Jason Kenny may as well be reti- planning his retirement. Uh, he, I, I don't have the guy's name in front of me, uh, but I do know that they lost a massive by-election for leadership, and it looks like he is probably on the ropes as it is. Out west, they have a lot more independent thinking and, and more, we're going to put ourselves first and we're not just going to go along. Unfortunately, Jason Kenney has abandoned a lot of people in the last year or two. So you've got room for a new sort of populist leader to kind of scoop in and really take the wind out of his sails, and it looks like it's going to happen. We'll know that in the next few months, I believe. But that's absolutely critical, especially at West, because in the next, within Justin Trudeau's term in the next three and a half years we're going to see a massive push for separation uh and to to really reckon with the western alienation i don't think it's ever been worse at least in the time i've been alive much like quebec it's always kind of been a thing um but equalization payments and separation is is a very real problem and despite the fact ottawa wants to ignore it it's not going away uh, the, most of the people in the West that I know and the ones I talk to, again, my circle's a little biased, but nonetheless, the people in my circle, they're done. There's, there's no talking, there's no, there's no table to come to. They're just done. Uh, contrast that with the states. If you see the states separate, uh, you will certainly see Alberta, and then you might even see them join in some informal union there, uh, maybe Alberta, Montana or uh, South Alaska with BC. But nonetheless, the West has is, is got a big internal problem coming up, or they are a big internal problem for the Liberal government and Canada as, as a union whole. Uh, it's, it's not a good thing. Uh, I can certainly understand it. I get why people in the West feel alienated and why they want out. Uh, they are certainly bringing more to the table than they're getting from the table. And I don't blame them for wanting to, but I would like to see a way to navigate that where it doesn't have to come to that. Are we too far gone for that? I don't know. I can't say, but it's certainly something that somebody's going to have to say sooner or later. And then for the states, it's been a wild year for them. Uh, Much of their stuff has been falling apart better than us. Uh, The states just have a culture of more freedom-minded people. I think that comes from the fact that They literally bled for their freedom, whereas uh, Her Majesty gave us permission to be free. Uh, So it's just ingrained differently. People understand it differently, and the history is taught significantly differently. Um, So I I blame that as to why we're so lagging in push for change. Uh, But the States is really 50-50. Which way you vote really dictates on where you land on it. And unfortunately for Grandpa Joe, he's not helping his numbers, so that base 
that 50-50 split is, is not quite 50-50 anymore. I think in the States, they have a real risk for civil, not civil war, uh, but civil dissolution. Uh, in the in the Constitution in the States, they actually have a section where the states can separate. Uh, a lot of people don't really understand the whole context of the Civil War, and maybe we can cover that another day, but, but it actually, they tried to use that part once before, and that's what sparked the Civil War. There was all other secondary and tertiary motives to the Civil War, but one of the leading factors was they, they actually wanted to secede. Uh, the South wanted to secede, um, the main narrative would say because of slavery, it was a big factor, but it wasn't the driving force. It was a lot more economic. The econo economy behind it was fueled by slavery, um, but it wasn't really the, the slavery part of it. It was the economy part of it. But nonetheless, the North wouldn't let them secede. Um, we're, we're approaching a point now where we're going to be seeing if 2022 midterms in the States don't pan out well, uh, you're going to see uh, secession being talked about. You're already seeing it talked about now. Um, I don't see civil war happening in the States. I, I see secession possible, um, but at this point it would have to be peaceful. I don't think anyone has the capacity or the stockpiles to, to fight a civil war, especially not in today's time with our weapons that we have now. So that's something we'll be watching for 2022 um, and what's kind of 2021 has ramped us up to. But hopefully we we are... It feels like the plane is on the descent, uh, globally, nationally, and North American. It just feels like this ride is coming to an end soon. Uh, I feel like the, the fastest portion of it, the wildest loops on the roller coaster are done, and I think that any craziness now would just be a continuation of an overplay, and people are just done. I know I speak for myself when I say that. But I also speak for the countless people I have these conversations with, and I, I do truly span the spectrum, po politically, ideologically, um, and people are done. So, at this point, I, I truly almost welcome an overplay. It would just simply speed it up. Although, I think come spring, it's... We're done. People are done. I don't shop with a mask. I, don't, I do what I want, for the most part, other than the places I would literally get the police called on me, like my local skating rink. But outside of that, I shop without a mask, I do my life, and it's been a long time since I've gotten any dirty looks, uh, other than going, <laughs> I made the mistake of going for groceries on Christmas Eve, when it was absolutely packed. Um, I had one person who looked petrified that I existed. Um, but at the same time, I had three or four guys give me the nod. Good job. Um, people are done. It doesn't matter what side you're on. Um, but we have to have those conversations. We have to... And people can't be... This is one that I really want to harp on, is people can't be bitter. You can't rub people's face in it. If you are like me and said, hey, this is all being blown out of proportion for some time, there's some stupid stuff going on, or you're a straight-up conspiracy theorist and say, hey, well, this, that, and the other, you can't... Don't come at it and say, I told you so. If somebody's on the fence, don't rub their nose in it. Welcome them with open arms and don't make them feel stupid. If you've got somebody who's come down off the ledge, like I had my aunt, came down off the ledge this Christmas. Last Christmas we weren't allowed near her. This Christmas she's happy to join everyone. 
Nobody's rubbing her nose in it, and I think that's where you're going to cause problems. You're going to lose people again if you start rubbing it in their face. Find your humanity, find your civility, and, and treat people with decency. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on, what the issue they land on, which side. It doesn't matter. Just be decent. Um, and as somebody who's been discriminated against for a whole bunch of this, don't become the thing that you have fought against. Like I'm not I'm not about to turn this around on people and use the power against them. Though we've always said this is going to be a problem is the counter swing will exist. Um but if you're thinking critically, you're listening to this stuff, just don't be a dink when it comes back around. Um just be decent. Extend the olive branch and just welcome people without shame and you're better likely to keep them. And if they try to play this again, you've got more people on your team. That pretty much does it. That'll basically be my wrap-up 2021. Uh, before we head out, I uh, just want to remind everyone, pay the fee. This week we're going to do it a little different. Spotify has graced us with a rating system now. Uh, so if you're not listening on Spotify, if you could go over to Spotify, or you're on Spotify, give us a rating. They're not going to give it they're not going to broadcast the rating until we get a decent average going. But get over there and uh, give me what you think it's worth. As always on the other platforms, we've always had our ratings open. So uh, if you're there, we welcome those too. Uh, all of the ratings and all of the downloads and shares really help us reach people. And uh, over this last year, like we, we've just started. I think this is going to be episode 25 or 26. Uh, so we're about half a year into this. And I, I truly enjoy it. I, I know a few of my regulars... We've really found a, a passion pet project, and, and we're truly helping people. I, I've had quite a few of you guys reach out to me and, and thank me for having these conversations. Um, so yeah, if, if you're getting value, just pay the fee. Share, like, rate. It all helps us reach people, and that's what it's all about, is just reaching people and fostering constructive middle ground. I'm not looking to change anyone's mind. I just want to change how you think. And in doing that, I want you to think for yourself critically and try and find balance. Because on the other side, of the, eventually we'll get through this. And on the other side, we're still going to need that damn balance. Honestly, more than ever. Um, but till then, next week we will do a forecast. I think we'll do another armchair conversation. And uh, we will see you in the new year. Uh, stay well, everyone. Party safe and uh, stay free.
Fly away with me. Come, come, come and fly away with me.